Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Good morning this morning. Good morning. Good morning. You straight? We're going to... All right, we good. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Y'all can hear me okay? Yes. All right. And the people, was, and I was glad when people said, let us enter into the house of the Lord. Yeah. And just let you all know, I got to talk to the weatherman because last time I spoke, it was in the middle of a blizzard. Yeah. And it was all snow and ice. Uh, now today I get the monsoon. Yeah. It's okay. I'm going to still praise God. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. So I'm just glad to see everybody here this morning that came out. Because I noticed over the past couple of years, a lot of things happened, right? Yes. Yeah. And during the whole pandemic, we, I mean, the whole pandemic, <laughs> it did a lot of things. And I'm not going to go through everything, but some of the things that it did was it separated students from schools, yeah. it separated workers from their jobs, yes. separated families from the church. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as if we don't have enough racism then of division, then there's a separated vaccine from non-vaccine. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, but over the course of time, we were able to come back to schools, yeah. but some parents said, no, children not going back to school, stay yeah. at home. And then you can go back to your jobs, but some, work, some people said, I'm not going to go back to the job, I'm going to work from home. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. unfortunately, that spilled over into the church, uh-huh. because now you can go back to church, but some people say, no, I'm going to stay at home. Mm-hmm. And it's got me thinking, like, okay, you're staying at home, but your home may not be with where you think it should be. Your home actually may need to be revised. Yeah, yeah. Some of our homes are, mm-hmm. dare I say, some of our homes are a mess. Mm-hmm. Some of our homes need repair. Mm-hmm. Some of our homes need some updating or maintenance. Yeah, yeah. And some of our homes just need to be built. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose of today is I'm going to let you, at the end of this message, you're going to find out what condition is your household in. Ooh, all right. All right. So that's why we, today we want to talk about Christ in your house. Oh, you have to understand, so you can understand the importance of having Christ in your house. Amen. Let's Amen. pray. Amen. Father God, we come to you this morning, mm-hmm. and I pray that your people will hear this word. And I pray they take this word and administer to their lives. I pray that as I speak, it's less of me and more of you. Mm-hmm. I pray that it's your words that's being spoken through my mouth, mm-hmm. and I pray that you give me clear utterance and clear speech and give me total recall of this message you want me to give to your people. Mm-hmm. And I pray that they will be changed from this. I pray that as I'm ministering here, I also like to thank Pastor Dwayne for allowing me to speak mm-hmm. to the people this morning and I pray for Pastor Dwayne that he's away ministering to another church. Mm-hmm. Let him give his uh, ministry this morning clearly a lot of people there to be ministered by him, Father. Thank you for that. I'd also like to pray for First Lady Courtney, who's under the weather. Strengthen her. Bring health to her. And bring also health to all the KLM members. And bring health to anyone listening to this or watching this. 
We praise your name, Father God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. All right. Christ in your house. We're going to speak on why we need seven, seven principles on why we need Jesus in our home. Now listen to this. Don't judge me. A heart is a house for love. Five heartbeats. Love is a house. Fortune bees. Turn this house into a home. Craig G. I'll house you. Jungle Brothers. I wonder if I take you home. Lisa Lisa. Brick House. Commodore. And if I say, whose house? Run's house. Run DMC, right? But wait a minute, don't, look. I know that's secular, but hey, listen to this. Get your house in order. Dotty people. Okay? And how about the house of the God? By Phil Wickham. Minister Courtney, she sings it during praise and worship. There's joy in the house of love. I'm not going to sing it, but y'all know the song I'm talking about. So and also, I can go all day because I'm a DJ. So I'm gonna do it. Also, we watch Full House, Full of House, In the House, The Wretched Housewives of Somewhere, Tyler Perry's House of Pain. We watched Home Alone. And we watched House Party. And please do not reboot House Party. Just keep the original House Party the way it is. Also, if you think about even in sports, in sports you have the away team, you have the home team. And the home team has homecoming games. And in the home team stadium, there's a saying that says, we must protect this house. Even, check this out, in our government, we got the White House. We vote for a House of Representatives. Husbands, look at me, straight ahead. If you get in trouble with the wife, you're considered to be in the doghouse. So why am I bringing all this up? Because these are all different definitions and people's visions of what a house is. And there's nothing wrong with all those different phrases. As you can see there's a plethora of them, but we, have, we can't escape in our everyday life. It's in our entertainment, it's in our music, it's in our sports, it's in our government, it's in our everyday lives. But I know you probably asked me, what does, what does this have to do with, with the word? Well, listen to this. Y'all know that, first of all, let me define a house for you. A house is a building for human habitation. And it's also where you can store things or accommodate things, okay? Now listen to this. Did y'all know that in the Bible, the word house is mentioned over 1,800 times? And the word home is mentioned over 150 times? And dwell is mentioned over 400 times. So what I'm saying is that's very important to be mentioned that many times. So look, you just pick up this Bible. You'll find house, household, home, go dwell there, go live there throughout the Bible. So that right there means it has significance. It's very important. So but let me ask you this. Do you, uh, where does it say that the, that the house is important in the Bible? I'll give you an example. I got, I got a lot of scriptures this morning. If you, if you miss it, catch it on the podcast or, or the Spotify or the YouTube. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through some scriptures, okay? Y'all with me? Yes. yes. Okay. Amen. <clears throat> All right. 
Familiar scripture, Psalms 23 and 6. I'll be reading out of the ESV. Okay. Surely good, y'all notice this is very familiar. Okay. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Very important, because you got to dwell somewhere. You want to dwell in the house of the Lord, or you want the other option? So this is very significant, where you want to dwell at forever. Now, what does, what does Jesus say about a house? About a house? Mm -hmm. um, come with me to John 14 and 2. Now, this verse right here is very layered. It's a whole sermon in itself, so I'm just give you the first portion of it. Mm -hmm. John 14, 2 says, this is Jesus speaking. In my Father's house are many rooms. <laughs> if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Has to be, if Jesus is preparing a place for you, that better be important to mm you. -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Also, in Matthew 21, 13, this is after Jesus, uh, he was away, then he came back to the temple, and a whole lot of shenanigans was going on, th things he didn't approve of. When he came back, he saw people acting up in his house, and he said, mm -hmm. he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, mm -hmm. but you make it a den of robbers or a den of thieves. That's like you going on vacation and asking one of your friends to house it. You come back from that vacation and there's a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> shenanigans and, <laughs> and other uh, stuff going on. A lot, of, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff you don't approve of going on. Right, so right. that's why Jesus got upset and overturned the tables. So very important. And you can see through these examples, uh, these are just two examples, there's more, but but this question I'm going to know is, how are you treating your house? See, once again, some of our houses are a mess. Some need repair. Some need to be updated or maintained. Some just need to be built. And we're going to get into that because it's going to help you. Listen to this. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Jesus is, Jesus is the best real estate agent you can have. Listen to this, because he tells us where to build our houses. You go to Matthew 7 and 24. I'll read it. Maybe I'll go to the glasses on this. <laughs> Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now, we know Jesus spoke in parables, but I also believe that to be literally true because I watched these beachfront house programs and everybody wants a house on the beach because they want to view the ocean, which is cute. But I'm like... That view of the ocean ain't that cute once hurricane season comes. But what uh, Jesus is saying here, he's saying, if you hear my words and you do my words, that's being smart. But if you hear my words and you're not doing them, that's being foolish. And by you being smart and doing my words, that will benefit you. If not, it'll be a detriment to you. So let's build our house. Let's, let's, let's build this house together. And as I'm Going through this, I want you to know, if you haven't known by now, I'm the type of brother that speaks. I use a lot of 
a lot of similes, a lot of metaphors, mm -hmm. a lot of personification, alliteration. You're going to get English 101 in here. <laughs> and I'll be speaking spiritually. So, so this is not just, don't feel as though you live in an apartment or you live at home or you live in a brownstone that doesn't apply to you. No, I'm speaking to you spiritually. So mm -hmm. each one of these principles I'm about to apply to you, you can use them in your own household. Are you with me? Yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's um. All right. So let's do this, cause when I say your house may be messy or needs repairs or updated things of that nature, mm -hmm. we build. You know, I'm speaking spiritually, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Amen. let's start. Let's just start Amen. building this house so we can get this in order. So at the end of this message, you know where your house is and you understand why you need Jesus Christ in your house. Look at this. Proverbs 24 and 27. Prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field, and after that, build your house. Mm -hmm. Building a Christian home is not easy. You got to put work into it, okay? And by putting the work into it, look what it says. It says, get everything ready for yourself in the field. You got to get rid of distractions and stay focused if you want to build your house because mm -hmm. there's a lot of work you have to put into this, okay? Now, let's start to build this house. Now, if you, anyone in here is familiar with mason work or carpentry, you know when you start to build a house or a building, you need a cornerstone. Mm -hmm. Let me explain to you what a cornerstone is. The cornerstone is a stone that forms the base of a corner of a building and joining the two walls. So let me explain to you like this. The cornerstone is crooked. Your house is going to be crooked. Mm -hmm. You're going to walk out your front door thinking you're going to the mailbox and going to walk into a tree. You're going to be sitting down at the dinner table wondering why your plates are sliding off the table because the cornerstone is jacked up. If the cornerstone isn't level, if it isn't in place where it needs to be, it's going to throw the rest of the house off. Remember that. The cornerstone has to be in place, right? I'm going to tell you right now that Jesus is the cornerstone. Okay? He's the corner. Look at this. Look at Luke 6 and, Luke 6 and 46 where it says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Look at this. Acts 4 and 10. I got a lot of scriptures, so it's okay. <laughs> Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead by this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Got one more. Listen to this. Listen to this. 1 Peter, 1 Peter 2 and 4. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves are like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion's a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Listen to this. 
How do you make Jesus your cornerstone in your house? We have to accept him and receive him as your Lord and Savior. Yeah, that's where it starts at. So to make Jesus the cornerstone. Let that be the foundation of your house. Like I just previously said, if that cornerstone is jacked up, the rest of the house is going to be off. All right, let's continue. Now, we got the cornerstone, which is Jesus. Now, let's put this puppy together. Let's get the framework going. If you ever watch construction, you see they put the, the, pil the, the pillars up, the beams, and got the whole framework of the house, right? Now the framework is, essential, uh, is an essential supporting structure of the building. However the framework is designed, the rest of the house has to follow. Listen? So in other words, you can't have a second story house if the framework only calls for it to be a one story house. You can't have a rectangle house if the framework only calls for it to be a square house. Are you listening? Brothers, make some noise for me. All right. For the few of y'all. <laughs> but the man, you are this, this framework to this house. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. Remember, I said, listen to this. Like I just said, whatever the framework does, the rest of the house has to follow. Mm -hmm. If you come with me to Ephesians 5 and 23, I'll read this to you. Mm -hmm. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, mm -hmm. his body and his, himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to God, so also wives should submit and everything to their husbands. Mm -hmm. Paul is saying here that the husband is given headship by God. You can look through all through the whole, the whole Bible. So always the household of such and, of a man or the house of this man. The house, it's a plethora of them, so I'm not going to go through all of it. But the man is the, the head of the household, right? Look at this. Genesis 18 and 19. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Mm -hmm. See, head of his command, his children, head of the household. This is very important because as the man, you set the, the framework. What you're doing is you're helping to build this house. But here's the deal. Mm -hmm. You're connected to the cornerstone. So your framework is going to hold everything else up. You're going to have to band this house together. Mm -hmm. You, as you ban the house, that's why you were called the husband, because you ban the house, husband. Listen to this. With this being said, come with me to, this has to be in your DNA, the framework. If this is not your DNA, the framework, this is going to be issue. <laughs> if you look here in um, Joshua 24 and 15, it says, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose house and whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, yes, we will serve the Lord. Yes, Let me explain that to you because you have a lot of things coming at you. Ooh. I see it all the time. Mm -hmm. A lot of things coming at you saying, <clears throat> what you need Christianity for? You don't need that. Mm -hmm. Try Islam. Mm. Try Buddhism. Try Hinduism. Mm -hmm. Try Judaism. Try atheism. Mm -hmm. Try, I don't know, Mormonism. Mm -hmm. Try 5%. Mm -hmm. Try the conscious community. Mm -hmm. By the way, I got nothing against the woke community, but just remember to thank the one who woke you up this morning. Amen. So, Amen. so when those things come at you, be like, all right, but that's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That, brothers, you have to have that ingrained in you because the rest of your house is going to follow. 
So we got the cornerstone, Jesus, and got the framework, the man mm -hmm. who's connected to the cornerstone, mm -hmm. which is why, brothers, you got to move off of the corner and move on to the cornerstone. I repeat that. Get off of the corner and get on to the cornerstone. You want to help your family? Get off of the corner and get on to the cornerstone. I'm going to stop right there because next week's Father's Day. I don't want to step on toes. <clears throat> but understand that. Now let's continue. So we got the cornerstone, Jesus. We got the framework, the man. Now we need some walls. And what's the purpose of the walls? Keep things in things out. Also, the walls, they help the framework to build this house. They are a part of it. They have to help complete. So the walls are there for the framework. The framework is there for the walls. The walls help the framework. Ladies, you are the walls to this house. You don't believe me? Look at this. <clears throat> Genesis 2.18 says, the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him or a helpmate. Mm -hmm. Walls are going to help this framework, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, if you drop, and if you drop down to verse 23, it says, <clears throat> Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Mm -hmm. Watch this. When God made Eve, he took the rib out of Adam, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't take the rib out of a lion, a tiger, a bear, oh my. Mm -hmm. He took it out of the man. Yeah. Because the same structure that supported the man, he's going to use that to support the woman. Now look at this. If you go to Proverbs 12 and 4, listen to this. Proverbs 12 and 4. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. So he brings shame, rottenness to his bones. See, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones, y'all connected. Look at the first part. <clears throat> An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. Well, first of all, how do you become an excellent wife? Read Proverbs 31. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. Now, the crown goes where? On top of the head. Mm -hmm. So the crown is being supported by the head. Mm -hmm. Right? Not the head is the, is the man of the household. Mm -hmm. So the man is supporting the woman, mm -hmm. the crown. Or woman, I guess it's Tierra, but he supports that. And when you see the crown, you see all the jewels and everything. You see the hair, mm -hmm. but you don't see the head that's supporting it. Mm -hmm. It's the framework of the man that's supporting the walls of the woman in the house. Mm -hmm. are, we, are we seeing these connections here? Mm -hmm. so, <clears throat> mm -hmm. so look at this. So you got the cornerstone to Jesus, mm -hmm. the framework, the man, you got the walls, the woman. Mm -hmm. Now, let's put some windows in here. <laughs> now, the windows have a lot of functions. Yeah. Windows let light, let light in, and they let fresh air in, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and also, with a window, you can see what's going on out in the environment, out in the world, right? You can see what's going on. Someone was to knock on your front door, you don't want to use the peephole, you want to look out the window. Okay, so also the windows, they complement the, the building. What do you mean by that? Windows, they're made for each building has a different type of window. Look at this. The windows in a Industrial uh, plant are different than the windows in a corporate office. The windows in a corporate office are different than the windows in an apartment building. Mm -hmm. The windows in an apartment building are different than the windows in a mansion. Mm -hmm. Windows in a mansion are different than windows in a cottage. Mm -hmm. And the windows in a cottage are different than windows in a traditional church. Mm -hmm. So the windows complement the, 
the house, the building this thing, right? Look at this. If I were to come up to your houses right now and look in your windows, not that I'm a peeping Tom, but if I was looking in your windows, I could see what's going on in your household, right? Unless you decide to pull the shade down. But, but if I look at your windows, I can see what's going on in your house, right? So it's the same thing with your children. If I look at your children, I can see what's going on in your house. How their clothes are, how their hair, is their hair combed? Are they washed? How's their face? Are they brushed their teeth? Are their clothes tatted? That's not being poor, that's just neglect. I can, you can see if there's neglect going on because you can be poor and still wash your children. So how are your children behaving with other children? Are they shy or are they withdrawn? If they're shy, it means they want to play, they just don't know how to. But if they're withdrawn, it means some emotional things are going on at the house. Understand what I'm saying? So, it, and also, yeah, how they respect authority. What are they, how do they, when adults speak to them, how they respond? You can tell a lot what's going on in the household. And it's not all bad things, some good things too. Uh, what are they talking about? What are they singing about? What are they, you see a child, they're well dressed or they got themselves together and everything. But also, I remember one time I was in the barbershop and this was a couple years ago. I was getting my hair cut and I had the boys with me. And I'm getting my hair cut and the boys are sitting down with the barber, he's listening to them talk. And he was like, Frank, he said, Yo, how old are your sons? I was like, I think that I said they're like 10 and 8 at the time. Or He's like, why are they talking? They're using big words. They must read a lot. And I was like, yeah, they do. We do got a lot of books at the house. Just from him observing my children talking, he knew we had books in the house. See them? So this is a big deal how people look at the, at the children. But look at this. Remember I said just you can look into a window and see what's going on in the house? If you look at that same window... <clears throat> you could look out of your house and look into the, your environment, into your world. Here it is. You, where the Bible says, where there's no vision, the people perish. You have a vision for your children out in the world. Not of the world, but in the world. You have a vision for them still being Christian, still being godly, still being productive in society, going on to higher education, uh, marrying godly spouses. I have two sons, so it's 2022, marrying godly women spouses. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. I have to see them not losing their religion or not losing their faith because they're out in the world now. But I have to vision their future for them, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we also know that, how do you do that? Very Well, not simple, you got to raise the children, but you do that through Proverbs 22 and 6, where it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. So you train them now, you get the vision for them now in the future, mm -hmm. and they won't depart from it. That doesn't mean you're going to dictate every single move, boom, 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 boom. But like I said, they're going to have higher education. Right. My wife went to Lincoln mm -hmm. University. I went to Louisville University. Mm -hmm. I joke around. I say my sons can go to any university they want, uh -huh. except the University of Kentucky, because that's mm -hmm. the rival school. <laughs> but other than that, they can go where they please. Mm -hmm. But you got to get that vision for your children. Amen. Raise them. And check this out before I go to the next part. Mm -hmm. Windows are located in the walls. Mm -hmm. Now, some of these walls on the outside have these things called shutters. And the shutters, when they close, they um, protect the windows from storms, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which I don't understand because there's fake shutters, and then when the storms come, people take plywood and hammer it to the side of the house covering the window. And I'm like, if you had a real shutter, maybe that might work. Mm -hmm. But the point is, if that wall is damaged, <clears throat> if 
that wall is, has holes in it, if it's weakened, it compromises its ability to close and protect the window. So, brothers, if you beat down on your woman and knock her down and weaken her, you're compromising her ability to take care of the children. And if she falls, the window is located, children are located with her. If she falls, then see the child's going to fall. So what you do to, to the wall is going to affect the window. To, to your woman is going to affect the children. So you want to protect your children, protect your woman. Okay? You're going to get a little bit of marriage one-on-one in here, too. <laughs> Let us move on. Okay, so, <clears throat> so we got cornerstone, Jesus. We got the framework, the man. We got the walls, the woman. We got children, the windows. Now, look at this. You ever walk to somebody's house, and you walked in the house or the room, and as soon as you walked in there, you could tell you either walked into the middle of a fight or a fight just ended. Mm -hmm. You can feel the tension in the air still mm -hmm. hot. And, yeah, yeah. Or you ever go to someone's house, and you know they got children, but you go in there, it's like there's no laughter, there's no joy. Mm -hmm. You don't even smell any cereals. Like, I know you got kids, and, and the house is just dull. It's just dull. That's no good, right? And this happened to me before. A co-worker invited me to their house before. Not, not the job I'm at now, so. <laughs> but a co-worker invited me to the house before, and I came over, and I met, I met the family, and we kicking it, chopping up in the conversation. Everything is cool. And some other guests came over. And when other guests came over, I felt the coldness just coming to the room real quick. Even after the, the host introduced me and the, the guest was just like, yeah, all right, whatever. And the whole time now, I'm no longer involved in the conversation. I'm like the afterthought and I'm sitting there and I felt, the, I felt the cold and I was like, I knew what it was. I was the only one in the house that had a permanent tan. So I knew what it was. And I was just like, you know what? Eh, I'm out. I got to work tomorrow. And <clears throat> so why am I bringing all this up? Because you need something to set the atmosphere in your household, Ooh, the thermostat. And you want to set the atmosphere in your household, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Ooh, Let the Holy Spirit set the atmosphere in your household. Amen. Look at this. Amen. Yes. Go come me to John 14 and 15. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you. He dwells with you. He dwells with you and will be with you and in you. And look at this. If you drop down to uh, verse 26, where it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, use the Holy Spirit as a helper in your household. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit, look at us, it says, The great, and, um, 2 Corinthians 13 and 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in your household. And the Holy Spirit, he will help you throughout time. He'll set, make sure your house is, is, is godly. doesn't make sense to call yourself a, a Christian household. And people come through there and there's nothing godly about it. Get the Holy Spirit in your household to set the atmosphere. Now, how do I get the Holy Spirit in there? We do it every morning here. We have prayer, praise and worship, speaking in tongues. Read your word, mm -hmm. pray, play some, you can play some gospel music, but you can set the atmosphere and have the Holy Spirit in your household. Or let the Holy Spirit manifest and work within your household. Mm -hmm. Set that temperature. So, Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. 
So we, all right, let's continue on. Doing good. We got the cornerstone, Jesus. We got the foundation, the man. We got the walls, the woman. We got the windows, the children. We got the atmosphere, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, let's add some doors to this. Are we ready? Doors, <clears throat> they allow things to come in, they allow things to go out, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the first line of security. And some things you can allow into your household, some things you can't. That's right. And now the easy thing, I know what y'all are saying, certain people can't come in my household, right? Absolutely not. Some people just, hey, look, I love you. Yep. We can kick it out on my porch, but you ain't coming in here. <laughs> you know, so. Not on the porch. Not, okay. <laughs> we talking, we'll talk out on the sidewalk. We're not coming, right. You know people like that. And it's also. There's certain things, and well, we just not, we're not going to allow, you know, the cable or the streaming device into the household. No, use the Holy Spirit to let you know what to allow and what not to. Mm -hmm. I still watch Discovery Channel. Mm -hmm. I still watch Animal Planet. Okay. You know, I watch NFL Network. Mm -hmm. You know, I watch my documentaries on Netflix. But there's a certain thing. Let the Holy Spirit let you know what to bring in, what not to bring in. Right, right. But I'm speaking on something totally much more deeper than that. If you come with me. Um, <laughs> I'm about to read this because check this out. <clears throat> when we talk about stuff letting in your, letting come in stuff, let stuff come in and out of your household. Mm -hmm. The doors better be the Holy Bible. Mm. Whether your front door is King James, whether the back door is ESV, mm. whether the garage door is NIV, whatever, you're gonna need the Bible as your doors. And this is why. Look at this. Mm -hmm. Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, and this is Jesus, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord to your Lord, your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I give will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. And that's why you need the, the Bible to be your doors. Because every time the devil tried to get at Jesus, or tried to tempt Jesus or come at Jesus, Jesus fought back by using the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. Even though the devil was trying to manipulate it, Jesus kept saying, no, it is written. So every time the devil tried to come at him, Jesus said, no, it is written. And as you see, the devil had to leave. Resist the devil and he will flee. Get another scripture. So what am I saying? You can keep the enemy out of your house or kick him out of your house just by quoting some scriptures. But you got to read the Bible to know the scriptures to quote. And it's not just the enemy, it's other things as well. You want sickness out of your household, read some healing scriptures. There's a time when I was feeling sick in my stomach and I started reading healing scriptures and listening to healing sermons and playing healing scriptures. You can get sickness out of your household, healing scriptures. You can get depression and, and confusion out of your household. I'm reading the scriptures from the Amen. Bible. Yeah. Are you feeling me? Mm -hmm. You can get poverty out of your household from mm -hmm. reading the scriptures in the Bible. Amen. And likewise, as a, you want things to come into your household? You want some joy in your household? Mm -hmm. The scriptures for that. Mm -hmm. You want prosperity in your household? Mm -hmm. The scriptures for that. Mm -hmm. We say it every Sunday during mm -hmm. 
phrase uh, I mean, tithes and offering time, right? You, whatever you want in your household or out of your household, the scripture for it. But you got to know, you got to read the Bible so you know. And then once you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit, who's helping you, will, get, will help you remember what you read. And you can say those scriptures out and can confess them over your household. You with me with these doors. And this is a side note. Uh, I ain't got it written down here, but <laughs> listen. Not everybody's life is reality TV. You don't have to put everything going on in your household on the internet. Amen. Okay? Amen. When you do yeah. that, now you're allowing the enemy to start trolling you and start using that against you. Yeah. You can put stuff on the, on the social media. I do it. But not every nook and cranny of your life has to be exposed to the world. Yeah. You keep some things in your house. Amen? Amen. So sometimes you got to close your door and lock it because, yeah. hey, yeah. Mm-hmm. If, you want, if you have things that's troubling you, you have to go to the right people. Go to Amen. godly counsel. Yeah. This is what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. The internet is not godly counsel. Just let you know. Yeah. Amen? So that's just a little side note. Amen. Um, yeah. good, good. good with the time? Good with the time? Um, good? All right. Because like, we almost you know, about to wrap this up. So we yep. got yep. Jesus the cornerstone. We got uh, the man the framework. We got the woman the walls. The children the windows. Mm-hmm. We got the Holy Spirit setting the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We got the Bible as the doors. Now look at this. Wouldn't it be foolish to have your house, right? And you got your living room, your dining room, your sunroom, your man cave, your uh, playroom for the children, your kitchen with the granite uh, countertops, mm-hmm. your bathroom with the jacuzzi or the spa in it. Mm-hmm. You got all these nice plush bedrooms, everything going on. You have all this, right? It'd be foolish not to have a roof over your head, right? Yeah. Just leave yourself exposed, right? You leave yourself exposed to, to the rain, to the snow, to the cold, to the extreme heat, to the bugs, bird droppings, thieves, anything like that. You just leave yourself exposed so you want to be covered, right? So let the roof be God. Okay? God be, let, God, let God be, the, be your roof. Listen to this. Why should God be my roof? Because of this is right here. You call me to Psalm 148 and 13. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Above earth and heaven. See, the highest point in your household is the roof. God is the highest point. Look at this. Ephesians 1 and 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Mm-hmm. Matthew 10 and 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. When you walk into work tomorrow, you're under your job's roof. So you're under your job's rules. You have rules at your job because you're under their roof. When you walk into the school, you're under the school's roof, under the school's roof. Mm-hmm. When you walk into a courthouse, you're under the courthouse rules, because under their roof. Just like if you go to the library, you're under the library's roof, <laughs> you have to be quiet, because that's their rules. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking you, whose rules are you following in your house? Mm-hmm. Is it God's authority? Is, God's, is he the roof in your household? Listen to this. This word gets deep because a lot of people believe and think, yeah, I got God covering me. But remember, some of us, we don't have God always covering us. Some of us treat 
like as a roof because some of us treat God as a retractable roof. Mm. Retractable roofs that cover, you've seen tennis stadiums or football stadiums where the roof's closed and open. Some of, us, some of us have a bad habit of treating God like that. Like sometimes we'll listen to God's authority, sometimes we won't. Don't do that. Listen to this. And this is what, this is, we're going to go back to having Jesus as, as the cornerstone. Because in John 14 and 6, it says, this is Jesus saying to the disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. What is that saying? Jesus is saying, unless you know me, unless you accepted me, you don't know my Father. You haven't accepted my Father. Accept me and you accept my Father. If you know me, you know my Father. You see, this is why what you don't want to hear on Judgment Day is, God said, depart from me, I never knew you. Ooh. And the reason he says that is because you never knew Jesus Christ. You never accepted Jesus Christ. So some of us are fooling ourselves thinking we got God covering us, but we don't have Jesus there as our cornerstone. As you've seen this, so this is how this all works together. Look at this. You got Jesus, the cornerstone. Then you got the man, the framework, woman, the walls, children, the windows, Holy Spirit, Bible, the door, God, the roof. But you're not going to get a roof if you don't have the cornerstone. Remember I said you before, if the cornerstone is jacked up, the rest of the house is going to be jacked up. So you got to have Jesus as that cornerstone. People fool themselves, thinking they, yeah, I know about God, I know about God, but if you haven't accepted Jesus, you don't know God. That's just what it is. So listen to this. I'm almost about to wrap this up. Listen to this. Diapers workers, don't get mad at me because I, I understand the, the term broken home and dysfunctional family. I understand that. On a spiritual tip, you have a broken home. If Jesus once was your cornerstone and you... Remove that cornerstone from your household, that's a broken household. It's a broken home. Jesus is not your cornerstone. You have dysfunction in your family, even if the biological, even if daddy's home. But if a daddy is home and you don't have Jesus the cornerstone and the Holy Spirit and Father God as the roof, that's a dysfunctional family. That's not how God wants us to operate as a family. Understand what I'm saying? So I bring this all to you so you can see that. Whatever condition your household may be in, you may have to revive it. Mm-hmm. If it's a mess, clean it up. Mm-hmm. If it's repair, need broken, repair it. Mm-hmm. If you think you're doing all right, then you have to maintain it and update it. Mm-hmm. Keep it in maintenance. And hey, let's keep it real. Some of us just have to maybe build the house, rebuild the house. But you better have Jesus as your cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to keep Christ in the house. Amen. 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 That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, You can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.